Hello and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast, where we're going to be speaking with Keaton Rogers from an awesome rock band out of Los Angeles called Raised on TV. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock fans around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool. It's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. Hey, 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 welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast. Today's show is going to be a lot of fun because I get to catch up with a new friend that we just met earlier this year when a chance Instagram message from Keaton led me to listening to Raised on TV's music and me finding out that they're absolutely awesome and have a new album being released this year called Fernando. Um, we even did an artist spotlight interview with Keaton that you can go check out on PoweredByRock.com. And so without further ado, welcome to the show, Keaton. Oh, what's up, Isaac? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's good to have you back. So yeah, since the last time we talked, we've had some, you've had some di different things going on, but one of the cool things that actually happened was you had a project where you were basically on the same set as David Hasselhoff. Uh, yeah. Get some light on how that came about and kind of what you've been up to since we've last talked and how, how was yeah. the Hoff? Yeah, the Hoff, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we ended up doing this thing where during the summer, David Hasselhoff was shooting three different music videos for his new album. And we had a friend who was hired on to be the guitar player. So he brought me and Casey in. Casey's the drummer raised on TV because they needed to fill those spots. So, yeah, like it was kind of like on a last minute kind of notice. Uh, I think we found out two days before. And then so all of a sudden we're on set with David Hasselhoff and I was yeah. actually playing keyboards and Casey was drumming. Uh, for his backing band. And uh, I think a couple of the videos are out now. One was, they're all covers. He covered the song, The Passenger and uh, Sweet Caroline. Some okay. random stuff, man. But yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> Did you actually have to play it or were you just pretending to play? I mean, it was kind of like a little bit of both, you know? Yeah. It was a music video, so you could get away with, you know, hitting a lot of wrong notes. Yeah. But you had to look like you knew what you were doing. Yeah. And you know? being a musician, I know, I'm pretty sure you have piano and keyboard on some of your tracks from the earlier uh yeah yeah we have a lot more piano and keyboard than we did when we first started out for sure yeah cool so yeah, before it, was, we get yeah, it was crazy man it was he's a he's quite a guy i bet yeah. <laughs> i mean internationally famous so he's got to have some sort of character oh yeah man there's this one drum fill in one of the songs that was super complicated because i think like a computer played it but he wanted casey to nail this one fill for whatever reason so whenever that fill would come up, it was tough. So Casey would mess it up. And then David Hasselhoff, he would just like cut the whole production and like put a lot of pressure on Casey. Like, hey, man, I, you know, you got to get this fill. You got to get it just right, man. If you're not going to do it for you, do it for me, the Hoff. <laughs> and then, like, all right, here we go. Let's do it again. And then he finally got it. And then like David Hasselhoff was so proud, so pleased. Yeah, that's <laughs> it was, it was You must be doing like a, uh, like a, spotlight on that during the, the actual music video or something because there'd be no <laughs> reason for was, that there was a close-up there's a close-up yeah. <laughs> it's a long it's like a do -do 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 kind of thing yeah anyway that's pretty cool well yeah. then maybe at least casey will get some some notice and some uh, notoriety from so. that i hope so man he got nothing else at least at least the hoff knows who he is 
Yeah. The Hoff knows him and respects him. So you can't really <laughs> ask for much more in this life. Cool. I like how he refers to himself as the Hoff too. Yeah, he does, man. He really is no joke. <laughs> like he he's like a walking myth. You yeah. Know? He's a living myth. <laughs> it's quite a it's quite a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So let's let's get kind of back into obviously we we talked already, but I want to get into some pretty good topics today. Before we get into that, you know, for yeah. people who didn't actually hear the, the artist spotlight that we did, um, I'd like to get some information about you guys, how you kind of came about, and what was the reason you first started playing music in the first place? What were some of the artists and influences you had? And what was the reason that you chose this? What why was this the path that you chose for the rest of your life, or at least yeah. you know, your your early adult life anyway? Yeah, for sure. Where should I begin? As far back as you can remember. Oh, man. Okay. Not like um, the jerk where I was like, I grew up a poor black child or something. Like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I'm not a bum. I'm a jerk. Yeah, um, yeah classic. Uh, so um, for me, I, I think back on middle school, junior high school, and I remember I, I went to a Blink-182 and Green Day concert. I think at the time it was called the Pop Disaster Tour. Yeah, I and I was like, I never got. I got. It was too far away for me to ever get to, but I remember the tour. Yeah. So yeah, I remember I was a kid at that, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I had so much fun, and it definitely got me on a path of like wanting to play guitar and wanting to have my own band. Um, I was definitely. I mean, I was into music before that, but I feel Were you like just like that, looking at him, going like, "That shit looks really easy. I can do that." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I could play what those guys are playing. Um, and then, yeah, then I went to, you know, other shows where the guys were like, you know, playing way more complicated stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe I got to, I, I got to actually practice, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Blink, I mean, back then it was kind of awesome. They they were able to get away with like not practicing, you know, yeah. that was like part of their, that was part of what made them cool. But yeah. that obviously changed later on. But um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, I mean, that show was definitely kind of a game changer for me. Um, and then I went to a Foo Fighters show. Uh, a little bit after that and um i yeah i feel like that show also kind of really got me into it and i mean of course so yeah going to live shows going to um this concerts of all kind when i was of all kinds when i was a kid uh was a big was a big deal for me i feel like and really kind of not only you know i mean i love the music i love listening to the music but i really kind of loved the atmosphere you know mm -hmm. um just being yeah being at a show and uh being around other people that you know for them that music also kind of made them feel alive made them yeah. feel something really special yeah and, i mean it's it's weird yeah. when like 40 50 000 people all have the same interests and they're all jammed into one small area and just smashing into each other yeah no yeah it really it really is a special thing it really is yeah. an awesome thing and that there's something about it uh that's just so so fun and so cool and so you know electric and it, it makes you feel alive so i yeah, I feel like that's kind of where it started for me to want to have my own band um, and yeah. to really kind of to really kind of just like take it, you know, as far as I could and uh, do it as much as I could. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, when we spoke in our last interview, so you guys have a two piece band. Uh, mm -hmm. But then I recently saw an Instagram post where you mentioned you're playing with a new member, a bass player named uh, Blaine Billingsley. That's right. Is he going to be a permanent addition to the band? And how did he come to play with you guys? I mean, if Blaine, yeah, if Blaine's down, then Blaine, Blaine is in. So Blaine, if you're listening, um, you can be a permanent member. 
Uh, yeah, he's actually. You don't he's pay actually, nothing, but you're in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's my cousin. Nice. Um, so you know we go way back, and uh, we never played a show together. And he's a great he's a great player. He's mostly a guitar player, but um, he finally he moved to L.A. So uh, we played that show, and yeah, it was super fun. And we're talking about doing more. So yeah, it's kind of we're gonna see where it goes. But um, yeah, if Blaine's into being a permanent member, we'd be definitely into having him be be a full time kind of nice. member. So yeah. How much practice did you guys have to have before that show? We should have had a lot more than we did. We had <laughs> we had one practice, and <laughs> yeah, yeah it's fire. Of, like, hey, don't fuck up, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty. I mean, it, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we were trying to get more practices in, but you know, people were busy or whatever. Me and Casey always practiced a couple times a week, but um, we got one in with Blaine, and then on the drive to the show in our van. Uh, we were doing like a cram session where, you know, we were going through every song and Blaine was doing his best to memorize, you know, what the chords were. And yeah, uh, we got most of it right. Yeah. Well, and the good thing about bass is if you kind of get lost, you just look at where the guitar player's hands are and just play the root note of that. And you're like, yeah, exactly. I'll figure it out as long as there's not yeah. too many chord changes too fast. And I don't forget that. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. That's what, yeah. I played, I played toward him the whole time. So yeah. Like, Hey, look over here. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody, yeah, everybody in the audience is like, "What are you guys doing up there?" <laughs> <laughs> We're just jamming, man. Yeah, no, that's just cool. Jamming. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a super fun show. That's one of those things. Like, when you find somebody who fits a band, it's like it can actually change a dynamic in the band as well. It's not just like one of those things where it's like, "Oh, come in, just fill in, like play these notes or whatever." But you get oh. more energy on stage. You get more energy in practice. You get the changing of dynamic. And Absolutely. anybody who plays bass even if it's a guitar player playing bass, which, you know, a lot of bands do this. I mean, Royal Blood, their lead singer, he plays bass, but he's like, I was a guitar player and, and piano player yeah, pretending to play bass. Then I became a bass player. So, Super common, um, you know, it's one of those things that you, you get a different feel from the music by having bass in a, in a song or in a, in a you really, you really do. You, yeah, you, you nailed it. I mean, and yeah, um, whoever's on stage, like whatever they're going to, you know, whatever they bring is going to have an effect on the whole show. Even if it's yeah. like, a lot of people think bass is really simple and sometimes it is, but, um, that's, you know, the instrument's not the whole thing though. You know, it's, it's how, you know, it's your, it's your vibe on stage yeah. um, and how you play off people and, and it, it affects the music. And then it also affects how people feel in the audience. And yeah. Yeah. So it can go two ways. If you got someone with a bad attitude up there, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then yeah, people feel it. And we've, yeah. we've definitely, we've had, we've had both. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think, I think, you know, everybody says, Oh, like, you know, bass players get a bad rap. It's not like the most important thing in the band or whatever. And it might not be, but I will say that when you take bass out of a song or out of a live show or something, you don't yeah. feel the music in a live, yeah. like you actually physically can feel a bass like reverberating. Right. Absolutely. So you don't yeah. actually get to feel that without the bass. Like you can feel a kick drum, but that's about the only thing. And that's just like a thump, 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 whatever. Totally. Right? Yeah. You yeah. need the bass. You need the bass. Yeah. Um, even if the part's simple, like you're saying, it's so important. It's so integral. Yeah. yeah. It's like the drums, you know? Yeah. You need, it, you need it. The bass holds it down. Exactly. So I know it's usually pretty easy to like label bands as certain genres of the overall rock category. And, you know, I struggle to put you guys into a specific subcategory, which I personally like, but yeah. I know it sometimes can be a bit of a curse when it comes to getting promoted and finding an audience. Have you sure. found that for yourself or do you, do you have a good way to explain your music? Personally, I just like call it rock music. Yeah. That's the way I think it is, but. 
some people may not find that good enough to jump over and listen to you since the category is yeah. kind of broad, right? Sure. I mean, I feel like I go through that same struggle of like trying yeah. to figure out how to describe it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would say we're definitely, I mean, we're rock for sure, but we're kind of, it's a subcategory. It's kind of like a, some sort of indie rock where, you know, it can be very melodic yeah. it, can, it can have a lot of chord changes and a lot of trippy kind of psychedelic sounds with the guitars mostly. But then also, yeah, we can be very edgy, very loud, very aggressive at times too, depending on what kind of stuff we're playing. Like our, our second album, I would say was probably the edgiest that we've done so far. So when, when we play songs off of that, there's really big guitars, really big distorted yeah. guitars. And, um, but then when we play stuff off of our, you know, our more recent album or our first album, uh, it's a little more laid back. So yeah. uh, you kind of get like a different, different vibe. So yeah, there's a lot of variety, I guess, to our sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the last time we talked, I was kind of like struggling to like kind of think of bands that you sounded like. And I don't really like to compare bands, but to get right. somebody who never heard of you to like understand what the sound might be like, you know, you mentioned yeah. the shins and, and I think the first album and the newer stuff very much like the shins. And that's pretty cool. I think the, sure. the second album is a little bit more like a Jimmy Eat world sound where it's yeah. like bigger guitars more uh, fast riffs or something like that. Totally. And then you kind of maybe throw in like a little fountains of Wayne in there kind of across yeah. the board. And I think that's kind of like, if, if people like any of those bands, I think they'll like you. And, you know, I yeah, freaking love Jimmy that. world. I know you're a fan of the shins. Um, what I used to, I'm mean, obviously fountains of Wayne is, is was a band that I used to listen to when I was growing up. And oh, yeah. I think it was like the lead singer or guitar player or something actually recently died of cancer, which is super sad, but that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, didn't he, um, didn't he write the song to that thing you do? I think so. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty that's crazy, super yeah. catchy. Yeah. When you ch -ch yeah. do that, yeah, that yeah, he was, was a great songwriter. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, does that kind of like when you when you hear those names? I'm curious. Have you ever thought like, is that kind of what it is? And and a lot of the songs you make are kind of mellow, right? So first, answer this question: Is that kind of the sound you kind of? trigger when when people are coming and then i got a follow-up question once you answer yeah, yeah sure yeah uh so yeah i mean those bands that you named are totally uh influences on us on me um jimmy world in particular remember they played the pop disaster tour actually they yeah. opened up for uh, how, how crazy is that freaking lineup too so insane yeah that was yeah, and blink 182 i saw i saw mark hoppus on an episode the very first um episode of, of jim adkins from jimmy world he has a uh podcast and oh, Mark Hoppus was the first guest yeah and and uh i can't remember what's called it's like sound waves or something like that i can't remember oh, exactly cool. what it's called but it, it i think it came out like during quarantine and mark hoppus was on there and and um mark hoppus was like you're like a huge influence on our music which is crazy because they were like at the same time like they were coming up yeah. at the same time contemporary, and yeah. actually the person the producer from um clarity i think from the, oh, the, yeah, that was like one of the early records right did dude ranch i'm pretty sure oh no way yeah i'm pretty sure it was the same guy so yeah it was like oh. they got him because they liked the sound of clarity and they wanted to do that on dude ranch that's rad so anyway i digress cool. but yeah no, so no, that, that it, was it's interesting cool, to hear that you cool know digression. yeah the yeah you know. yeah yeah um uh so yeah we kind of we definitely channeled a lot of jimmy world um you know, on our second album, for sure. I, I listened to those records so much. And uh, we were going for that in particular. That was a yeah. big part of it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, what I'm, I think I'm blanking on uh, what, like the other part of the question. Sorry. Well, I haven't got to it yet. So, that's okay, so that would, I would yeah. explain that. The you other per part of the question is, I'm kind of curious. Have you ever thought of, because all those sounds, like a lot of the songs that you make are pretty mellow, laid back. There's a little mm -hmm. bit of um, anger, but it's not like you're yeah. outwardly mad. Have you ever yeah. thought about like making a song where you're just pissed off and see what it sounds like? I've definitely thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have some new stuff that we're working on and like a couple of the songs are just kind of like more punk, uh, yeah. angsty, kind of what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, there, there's definitely, you definitely have up-tempo songs like DJ stole my girl away. Oh yeah. Fire, don't look down. And on that song, I also really like the darker sounding guitar, that little bridge or solo part. Oh, um, you know, was there something different when you actually were writing that song that felt, you know, you had to have that kind of darker sounding guitar or heavier sounding guitar in there? And, uh, and Don't Look Down? Yeah. Yeah, I'm that song. So at that time, that was like kind of one of the few songs that kind of completely came out of like a jam session. Because mm -hmm. um, most of the songs for Raised on TV, I kind of just, I write, you know, and then I bring By to yourself. the table. Yeah. yeah, bring back in the day, I bring them to the garage and then we put them together. But that song was a song that completely came out of the garage. And so I feel like maybe that's why it was kind of just, it, it was all in the moment. It was all kind of live. And then we, you know, we fine tuned it over, you know, yeah. over some time. But so you um, didn't play it perfectly the first time. What the hell, man? I know. <laughs> I know. Not cool. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's probably why it's different. I would yeah. now that I think about it. Well, it's interesting because I mean, when I hear that, I can't remember exactly how the guitar goes in that song because I'm like, you know, I have to hear the song to remember it. But yeah, I just sure. remember it being like, like a there's like there's like a little bit of a breakdown. It kind of like just starts to descend down. It's like it makes like a that's descending right. kind right. of noise, and it's like this is heavier. And I think that's probably why because when you have you know people in the room, yeah. you're probably not going to write like a sad song, right? It's like hey, I'm going right. to write a depressing song around a bunch of people. But sure. when you're in the moment, you're going to write kind of maybe like a more energetic song or something totally yeah it came out of a jam that's pretty cool yeah so i i, I do want to ask kind of like what's your process when you go into writing music because i've talked to other artists and you know is it kind yeah. of like a spontaneous thing where you just have an idea and then you like go run yeah. find paper and start writing or you kind of have to put yourself in the right situation with a certain ambiance to get in the mood to write definitely yeah i feel like it's been a lot of different things over the years and then I've kind of, I've changed it up sometimes too, but, um, yeah, a lot of the time I kind of like to, I'll come up with a piece of music, whether it's on the guitar or mm -hmm. on the piano and I'll kind of have some chord changes that I like, maybe a melody. And I just kind of, you know, I'll just sit on my guitar, sit on the piano and just play. And then, um, you know, doesn't mean something's going to come out of it, but, uh, when it does, then I kind of hold on to it. And I try to write lyrics or I like to write lyrics outside. I like to go to the park or something, or, or if I'm in the car driving, I'll play it on the, on the stereo. And I try to write lyrics that way. Cause then I'm not, I'm kind of in a different frame of mind. Yeah. You know, or I used to do this thing where I'd go on my bicycle and I'd, I'd listen to songs in my headphones that I wrote just demos of them and kind of write that way. And then I'd stop somewhere and then write all that stuff down. Put it down in like notes on your, on your, phone or something yeah or like yeah my my notebook like you yeah. know like a, like a high school kid <laughs> um that's funny because yeah, i actually kind of do the same thing I, I ride my bike every morning and really? i'm like 
oh, I start. I have, I have a good idea for a song. Where the hell am I going to write something? Because <laughs> I don't have yeah, yeah. Me, but I like oh, start typing cool. something in my phone to remember it for later. Yeah, it's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, I feel like there's something about being on the bike that kind of gets your mind going in a different way. Yeah. You know, maybe because you're so focused on like not getting hit by a car and like, <laughs> that, you know, and there's so many dangers around you, but um, you kind of go in this like, inst- like an instinctive kind of mode or something. I yeah. don't know. But yeah, I haven't done that in a while. Like what I've been doing recently is I've been uh, going in our studio and I've been kind of making these tracks. I've been making tracks with the keyboard and a guitar. And then uh, like a totally different process where I kind of, yeah. I'll start the song on keyboard, not guitar. And then kind of see where it takes me. And um, and yeah, it surprises me most of the time because I used to always be a very guitar-centered kind of musician and songwriter. So it was always, mm-hmm. it always started on the guitar. So, you know, whatever it was. And it was usually, stuff would come out kind of singer-songwriter because it's me on an acoustic guitar, you know, coming up with words and singing it. And the songs would kind of come out that way. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've kind of been liking doing this other way where I kind of make a track and I'm not trying to think about what it should be or what it's supposed to be, just kind of letting it come out however it's going to come out. And it's not always good. Like sometimes I don't like it, yeah. but sometimes when it, when it is cool, like it really kind of surprises me. Like I, I'm not entirely sure where it came from. Yeah. And that's really cool. Because like, the other way I kind of feel like I know where it's coming from. I'm trying to mm-hmm. channel like a, an emotion or a feeling or either it could be good or bad, but um, it's very specific. Like I'm trying to pull from this thing within me and make a song out of it but the other way i don't know yeah, that's what i've been doing recently it's kind of I, I like it it's different yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because like i'll look back on songs i've written or poems that i've written and stuff like that i'm like yeah. i honestly don't remember writing that i have no idea that seems better than my skill level like well, how did i yeah. do that yeah <laughs> that yeah, no yeah. Sense. That, yeah that same idea yeah you don't know where it came from yeah that's interesting yeah so you have you have two albums fully released and then you have a third one coming out so and i think you know obviously season one was the first album season two was the second one which is aptly named for a band called raised on tv pretty right. clever branding yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah. you feel like you have a like a bigger meaning though like the, to me it seems like for most tv shows season one is like the character building season uh-huh. and season two is when things get a little bit more hectic or chaotic or more dramatic yeah. and it's just more of everything right was yeah. this kind of like a bit of like the feeling you got from the first to the second album, or was it just a bit of continuity you wanted to keep going with? Um, yeah, I'd say it's, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, it was definitely some continuity, just kind of, kind of keeping that pattern going. And then, yeah, also I feel like with the first album, we just kind of didn't really know what we were going for, and we we got into a studio and we tracked like pretty much the whole album in three days and then kind of went back for vocals and and you know whatever overdubs we did um so it was like really just kind of quick we just kind of banged it out and it was like that was our sound you know yeah for better or for worse like that's how we sounded um and then in the second album you know we had time and kind of stepped back we got into some other studios maybe you know uh more expensive nicer studios uh, one was uh, Dave Grohl Studio, 606. That, oh, that nice. was really cool. Um, so we kind of, we took our time and we really kind of tried to think of what we were going for and craft a more polished kind of sound. Um, so that was the big difference between season one and season two. Yeah. And then bigger production. Album, bigger, yeah, big time, bigger <laughs> production. Uh, more money was spent. Um, and then with this most recent album, which we're going to release November 19th of this year, we have, awesome. we have about freaking time by the way 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> too long, man. <laughs> we got to put it out. We got to get it yeah. out. Been sitting on it for too long. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the third album was a whole whole other world for us because the band changed. You know, we lost our third member because uh, he he quit. Um, he's fine. It's not like you know nothing happened, but uh, he quit the band, and uh, it became me and Casey mostly. So, you know, it just kind of things shifted, things changed, but we kept it on the tracks and um, we had all these new songs. We I wrote a bunch of songs when we were touring after season two and then the pandemic happened. We were about to get in the studio and record with the producer and the pandemic, the pandemic happened. And then, it, I mean, that changed so much for us as a band because not only can we play live which happened to every band but uh it kind of changed how we were going to record too because yeah no studios were open for a while and we had all this stuff that we wanted to track so we really kind of got back into uh just self-recording at that time and um having our own studio and um it was something i did a long time ago and i kind of gave it up and then the pandemic kind of forced me to get back into that yeah kind of learn and relearn you know a lot of uh audio engineering and mixing and things like that yeah so it can be a pain in the butt to try to figure it all out at first too yeah for sure (laughs) um yeah big time but it it ended up being like really really cool and rewarding and we kind of really felt like um we kind of we got what we were going for for the most part and what we were going for was almost similar to the first album in a way where it was just kind of like a very gritty uh, garage rock kind of sound. But um, we felt like the songs were better maybe. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it was almost like, like we were restarting as a band in some ways. Um, And I think that's why we didn't name it season three because it was kind of a restart. Uh, So we named it Fernando, which is named after the San Fernando Valley, which is where we live and where we grew up. Um, so yeah so that's kind of yeah i guess that's kind of the flow from those three albums I think. yeah it's funny because i i don't know if i took direct inspiration from it after hearing some of the you know listening to your guys's albums but uh i i i'm, I'm one of my things is i actually do branding for like living for in my my day job i guess oh, really? um but uh i i was like that's pretty cool like they called it season one season two for a band called raise on tv so for this podcast instead of saying it's you know, like um, the 2021, you know, episodes or whatever. I say it's the 2021 tour for this yeah. for this block of ones that are coming out in 2021. Next year, all those will be in the next season, which will be the 2022 tour. So I was oh. like, that's pretty that's a pretty on brand thing. So let's do that. So I, I like thought that was you know it 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 was inspiring to see good branding throughout another another thing happening around me at the same time. Thanks, man. Yeah. So. We talked about like some of the more up-tempo songs. Um, you know, I always come back to DJ Stole My Girl Away because that one, it yeah. might be the, the poppiest song you guys yeah. probably have. <laughs> it is. It um, is. But do you, do you like, do you prefer writing kind of like the more like melancholy songs? Do you, do you like writing popular songs? How do you try to stay, you know, because yeah. I think at some point people are like, well, I don't want to be considered like a pop artist, right? So you don't want to, you still want to be an indie kind of have that edge but yeah you, you still want to be able to write up tempo songs and and do you kind of like understand like there's a limit you have to achieve or do you just not care and just write whatever you want um it's for sure a balance you know because mm-hmm. yeah at least for me like because i i do care you know and so i um 
really I, I come to it in a way where it's not like you know whatever comes out comes out and that that is what it is you know if it's sad it's sad if it's happy it's happy um sometimes i'll do that you know like once in a while you just kind of kind of let it let it flow artistically yeah. but at the same time if you're really trying to build a fan base and keep a fan base you know uh you're making a product too so you can't you can't get too crazy unless yeah. you're kind of starting a new project or a new band yeah. <laughs> that's um, why people always start solo careers right <laughs> yeah or side projects or whatever yeah. Um, but I also think there's something to be said about evolving, you know, as a band and mm -hmm. as an artist. Um, so yeah, at least with the Rays on TV, I mean, we've, we've really tried to kind of, we do both, I guess we will think about what we're trying to make. And then sometimes we won't, sometimes we just kind of make whatever we want to make, but we do, we definitely do kind of keep it in mind that we're trying to make something that the fans we already have are going to like, and that will also hopefully kind of make, make new fans for us that will, um, you know, just like, like our band and like our stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you, I mean, you try to write, I try to write, you know, whatever it means to write a good song. I try to write the best songs that I can. And there, there definitely is a craft to it. There definitely is an art form to songwriting, you know, yeah. in the same way there is to playing an instrument uh songwriting is such a it's such a to me it's like a lifelong sort of craft i mean i feel like songwriters if they keep going with it um professional and hobbyist uh songwriters like you kind of you get better and better and you kind of learn you learn what it means to really kind of like dig into emotions that you have yeah. and and explore them and then find out how you can make that a song. Um, yeah. it's, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a, there's even like a tipping point where at some point, some of the really, really successful songwriters kind of stop trying because they've reached a certain level of fame and then they start degrading their, their brand or watering down yeah. their talent. Super like, yeah. you imagine how good like John Mayer's last album could have been if you really, really tried, right? Like mm. I'm not going to rip them on too much, but I'm like, you're an amazing guitar player. You can write great songs. What the hell is Sob Rock, man? Like you could have done better. It could have been right. so much better. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like, I mean, you can, you definitely find formulas, you know, as a yeah. songwriter. And if you find one that works, maybe, you know, maybe when you find one that works really well, and it's made you a lot of money and it's been really successful. So you can kind of just fall back on that formula. Yeah. Um, I remember but, Dave Grohl actually said something like, I can't remember who he said. He said it was like Bruce yeah. Dickinson or something. It was like, we got told by Bruce Dickinson or whoever this person was the formula to write the, like the perfect rock song. And that was like every song for like the first three albums or something like that. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, but yeah, I feel like songwriters and bands can find a formula and then um, either you kind of fall back on that time and time again, until it kind of gets old and wears out or you try to find a new formula and build upon the older ones and find something new and just kind of, you keep going. And uh, maybe, you know, maybe I think, I feel like if you keep going with that and kind of try to, you keep pushing yourself as a songwriter, you do get better. Um, yeah. You might go down some weird paths and do some weird stuff, but uh, I, you know, I, I definitely admire that when songwriters do that, when they really try yeah. to, you know, they might yeah, have I had think a song and 
when they push this it. is why nobody but me likes my music because i just try to write something different every single time and it's like really? nobody else likes this nobody else likes when you transition all this stuff it's like so different from the last thing i'm like yeah yeah this is just the way i wanted to write a song this time and i'm like oh i threw a ska song in here for some reason why i have no idea yeah. <laughs> but, <You're feeling> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it can be tough for people to understand you know yeah it's a lot right. to think about so you guys are actually obviously able to play shows now you've played yeah we have yeah, uh, five or six since uh reopening yeah how's that going and what's the kind of plan i mean obviously you guys are probably going to set up a, like a is it gonna, are you going to be like doing like a regional tour soon or um yeah it's going well it's going well um and we had some really cool shows and then we also played like some really random shows we played like a college backyard party that was super fun and then I saw that yeah yeah and then i think it was the same weekend we played this this big outdoor festival show um and there were like thousands of people there so it was kind of fun to, to be at one show that was like that and then the next night you're at a backyard playing for college kids yeah um so yeah that's kind of that's kind of been our experience since uh reopening and we're getting out to Phoenix and Las Vegas uh, later in October. I think the weekend nice. of October 22nd, we're going to do a little weekend run um, just to get back, you know, to get back out there in the van. And um, even if, you know, it's just for a couple of shows, it's a quick run. And even if we don't make a lot of money or any money, we're going to yeah. get back out there just to do it. Do you know where you're playing in Las Vegas? Um, we're going to play on Fremont Street. Oh, okay. Yeah, in downtown nice yeah yeah friday night october Excellent. 22nd perfect well if you haven't booked a hotel you can obviously uh crash here throw you oh, in thanks, a, a spare room so yeah all right <laughs> i remember you said that yeah um <laughs> yeah i'll i'll shoot just email me or i'll shoot you my uh, phone number by email after this if you actually right, want thanks, to do it but cool. um yeah so i mean that's the thing like when you're I, was, I mean, I've talked to so many artists. They're like, yeah, you know, touring, you, you make the money that you spend on the hotel room or you make the money that you spend on eating to get to the next place or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah. you don't make a ton of money when you tour unless you're yeah. selling a lot of merch or, you know, sure. a headliner or something like that of like a decent sure. sized venue. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things. I think artists have to travel, right? Because you can't stay in your own place and expect uh -huh. to get reach everywhere else you need to be visible in other True. places in different venues at different like you know play a beer fest or instead of you know just playing bars for example brings out a yeah. different crowd right so like yeah. middle aged people who are just drinking all day like they drinking crowds way lot. cooler we played than a lot of those we played a lot of those types we love those beer fest shows beer yeah. gardens yeah beer tents yeah <laughs> yeah fire you know firestone walker the brewery yeah, i know firestone walker yeah. They, yeah they sponsored one of the last tours that we did before covid that's awesome. Yeah, man. It was so cool. Our, so our band did you was get so a drink for free here. or did they just sponsor the tour? Uh, we got the drink for free. We got like a bunch of clothing and shirts. Yeah. So the, the deal was they would supply us with beer for the whole tour. And we would wear like, uh, you know, shirts and hats from them on stage, like yeah. happily. Because we, <laughs> yeah, we, we like them a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was that was super rad. Um, but, yeah, with what you're saying, with what you're saying about touring, uh yeah it's most of the time as an indie band or an up-and-coming artist you're gonna either lose money or maybe you just break even yeah. and breaking even is a win yeah. and then yeah maybe you kind of you can you can learn the indie circuit to a point where you do profit but it's probably not going to be what you'd make at home at your you know 
your regular, regular job. job. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you're profiting, you know, you're not in the hole. And that's, that's a huge win as an indie band. Yeah. But um, I think, I mean, people have different schools of thought on this, but I, especially now in, in the modern world. But I, I think it's super important for a band um, to tour, especially when it's gritty and you're not making money. Because, yeah, you, you travel, you play to new audiences. Um, it tests you. It challenges you. It takes you to your limit. Um, and you kind of see what you're made of, you yeah. know? Like, we've been in so many crazy situations because of touring, because of indie touring. You know, the van breaks down at 2 a.m. What, <laughs> what do you do? What, where are you? What, you you're know? not a mechanic by trade? No? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely know a lot more than I did about, yeah. about how, bands, how bands in particular work. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you have to, you know, it, it, it develops your problem solving skills, yeah. uh, develops your people skills, develops your social skills. I mean, um, and then of course, playing on stage, like you get so much better as a band, as an artist. Yeah. Um, it, there's nothing else quite like it, you know, like you can practice all day long, but it's never going to compare to like being in a game, you yeah. know, the intensity. Yeah. So well, yeah. That, but, like people think like, oh, you know, the best way to become a, a, a musician these days is going American Idol and try out, right? Yeah, like, sure, sure. <laughs> like, or, no, that's not that's not being a musician. That's a singer no. in a singing competition, right? Yeah, that's being a star. Or, yeah. You know, so trying to be a yeah. star. I think totally. And I think even Dave Grohl said it once. He said, you know, there's something about playing in your own garage and then going out and, and then doing that in front of people that yeah. without without anybody really watching other than the people in that room. Like mm -hmm. nobody's watching you on TV and there's no fanfare. Like mm -hmm. the people that can do that are the people that you, that can live doing that and, and put up with that for multiple years are usually the people that will be successful at it. For sure. Yeah. A hundred percent agree with that. And yeah, like it, it's, it can be rough. It can be really rough and like it can kick your ass. Yeah. So you kind of find out pretty quick if you love it or not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like the people, the bands that have done that, that did that and then became really successful later on, I think they found out, you know, within themselves that they loved it. So they kind of, they kept going until they did find success. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. I mean, it's great to have you back and, and yeah, thanks. I, I can't wait to, wait to see you play live. I mean, I, I will definitely be at the show. I'm actually going to be in Hawaii for a week in, in October, but it's before that. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's be in yeah. touch, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we'll uh, see if I can bring some people to the show and, and get a group of people to actually come watch you. But oh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be uh, going to be good. I, 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 you know, I've never actually got to see you live, but I heard all the songs and I can't wait for the yeah. new album to come out. Uh, we'll obviously drop some yeah. links to the new music, all that other stuff in, and the, the music that, you know, season one, season two and everything into the right show on. notes. Do you have anything else that you want to tell people about the band or, you know, if they yeah. check you out, what, where yeah. to go and all that stuff? Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, definitely look out for our third album, our new album coming out November 19th um, this year. And uh, yeah, check us out on RaisedOnTV.com and definitely stream us on Spotify and wh wherever else you stream music. Um, and also we have a new music video coming out a month before the album drops. I forget the date, but that's going to be in a few weeks uh, from nice. recording this right now. Yeah, so yeah, I highly really recommend the videos because I, I talked about this with you before that yeah. you because you kind of you seem to know people that have some production and some camera skills that they come out pretty good for a, an independent band. Thanks, man. Yeah, we know we know a couple people. Yeah, um, <laughs> I got a guy. Got a, we got a guy. 
we got a guy in town uh but yeah new album november 19th i think that's that's the main thing we're trying to push so awesome well i'll put those uh links into the show notes and obviously when that comes out um it'll actually be about three weeks after this comes out so hopefully right there'll be like a pre-save or something on spotify a link like that that we can put in there for everybody yeah there will there will so yeah, yeah thanks thanks man awesome so thanks keaton obviously i want to thank you for being here this awesome conversation today and if you haven't yeah. checked out their music yet make sure to go to the show notes below this episode and check out those links for the, their music if you like what you heard on the show today please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends on social media also if you want to check out some of our written content or any of the products or merch that we have available go to powerbyrock.com to read our absolutely free rocking blog full of album reviews, interviews, and lists to keep you entertained and find our gear as well. So you can pick up some items to play and look like a rock legend. That's our show for today. We'll see you next week for the next episode. Until then, rock on. Rock on. <laughs>